0: I want to ask you this morning, I want to ask you, how dependent on God are you? How truly dependent on Him are you? Uh, maybe there's some of us here this morning and we're here for the first time, maybe it's naught percent Well, I'm not dependent on God at all. I'm living my best life. I'm, I'm fixing things for myself. I don't need God. We respect that. We're pleased you're here. Uh, maybe some of us more likely would be in the 50 to 60% where we just like, well, absolutely, like when things are hard, when things are tough, I find my prayer life increases and I'm praying a lot and I'm leaning in and I'm coming to church and I'm uh, being cheered on. But when things start going well, those things start to slacken off a bit. I, I wonder if and this is rhetorical, if like anyone in this room would be able to honestly say, I am 100% dependent on God. And if you are, what does that even look like? What's the evidence of that in the way that you live your life? Could there be, for every one of us here today, a new level of dependence upon God? that would enable us to receive more of his love, more of his wisdom, more of his power, which would be transformational for us in every part of our lives, good for every space and place and person we connect with, and would bring glory to God. I think there is, friends. I think there is. But let me tell you, it's going to be inconvenient if we want that. And so I want to speak to you this morning, and probably we'll continue this uh, in a couple of weeks time, and maybe again in July. I want to speak to you about choosing the glorious inconvenience of getting away with God. The glorious inconvenience of getting away with God. Are we willing to go out of our way to allow God to get in the way of our lives in a way that we so desperately need. In the way that we so desperately need. One, one of the boldest, most provocative, most pride-shattering things that Jesus said is in John chapter 15 verse 1. He said this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain joined to me and I in you, you will bear a lot of fruit. And here it is. He says, without me, you can do nothing. Nothing. That's an assault on our pride. Without me, you can do nothing. And like like Jesus is like, there's no escaping this, is there? Like There's no getting around it. There's no caveat. You can't be clearer than that. Jesus is saying, look, without me, you are never going to live the fruitful life that I created you for. I loved how Noah reminded us of the seasons of life. And one of my favourite passages is Psalm chapter 1, where the psalmist says that if we remain rooted and connected in God, we will be fruitful in every season, every season. Not just in summer and spring when it's going well, but you can be fruitful in autumn and winter when life is hard, when you're in the valley. You can be fruitful, but Jesus says you will only be fruitful if you are utterly dependent, rooted in him, and are willing to embrace the glorious inconvenience of getting along, of getting away with God. I believe there's more for us today. And when I say there's more for us, I don't mean there is more of God for us, as if God is holding something back. Do you know? Like God's not holding anything back. It's it's not like like God is like you know Easter. Many of us are, are, are parents, we our kids got loads of Easter eggs. I remember when my boys were younger, and and I've, I still remember this photograph of like what looked like 20 Easter eggs on the sofa that they were standing by and literally salivating at this this picture and of course like we, we we were good parents like we were we were exercising restraint they would keep having those eggs over a period of time isn't that what good parents do can I hear out shout out for the parents some of you parents like you know one for you one for me one for you but God has something better than chocolate for us and he's not holding anything back, friends. Like he, all of the resources of heaven are available to you right now. He's not holding back love. He's not holding back wisdom. He's not holding back peace. He's not holding back comfort. He's not holding back direction. He's not holding, he's not holding anything back. We don't need more of God. God needs more of us. That's the issue. How much of God, not not so much how much of God do we have, but how much of you does God have? How dependent on him are you? And what's the evidence of that in your life? Like, you know, I, I'm really aware that at the end of this meeting, we, we're going to talk about this and what, what an incredible first start. And we're going to be coming back. I'm going to try and be brief because we want to continue pushing into God uh, with Noel. But like, you know, I, I, at the end of so many meetings, you know, we Christians, we chat together and, we, and we'll say something like this. Wow, God really showed up. God really, really showed up to that meeting as if God was kind of just waiting at the back, just waiting. And then thought, yeah, I think I'll turn up a little bit more now. When the reality is, friends, let me tell you what happened. Did anyone feel the presence of God in that time that we just had in that 30 minutes? Let me tell you, God did not show up. You showed up. That's what happened. You showed up. You were willing to say, I want to engage with God. I'm showing up. It's like even at the beginning of our meetings when we say, God, we welcome you. It's not like God was outside the building and then we welcome him and he goes, okay, I'll come in now. God is always here. He's always in your house. He's always in your workplace. He's always in the street. And when we say we welcome you, what we're really doing is saying, God, we tune in to the reality that you are here. God is available for us. He longs for more of us. But how dependent on Him are you? Truly dependent on you. What is the evidence of that in your choices, in your life, in your priorities? And I want to suggest to you that a dependent life, a connected life, is a life that chooses the glorious inconvenience of getting away with God. Is anyone hearing me today? The glorious inconvenience of getting along away with God. And, And we see a great example of that in Exodus chapter 33. We're going to live in this passage maybe a few times over this next month. Exodus 33. The book of Exodus is the second book of the Old Testament. It tells the story about how God calls a man called Moses to lead an incredible rescue mission setting hundreds of thousands of Israelites free from 400 years of Egyptian slavery and to bring them into a promised land, a land of great prosperity. And in this journey, as you, as you journey through the incredible story in, in Exodus, like God provides for them and he rescues them and the seas part for them and he gives them food and water every day over decades. He, he gives direction how they live their lives, including the famous God's top 10, the 10 commandments. And, and in all this, what we see is we're about to read again in in Exodus 33 is that Moses has this regular commitment to embrace the glorious inconvenience of getting away with God. And he does it for three reasons. There are lots of reasons, but I would say these are the big three reasons why we should all choose the inconvenience that we're going to chat about today. The first reason is this, because of God's love. like Moses knows That he needs to be with the person who in the universe loves him more than anyone else on the planet. To be in the company of God is to be in the company of the one who loves him, who knows him, who knows everything about his situation, who knows his situation better than he does, who knows what's going to happen better than he does. He needs to be in the place of love. Secondly, he knows something about the wisdom of God. He knows that God is smarter than he is. Did you know that God is smarter than you are? That's what makes him God. He is infinitely wise. And so not only does he know you and love you in your situation, he absolutely knows what is best for you. He knows how you can be fruitful in every season. So God's love and God's wisdom. And then thirdly, God's power, God's presence. That in that place of divine direction, Moses would know that not only would he receive the love of God and the wisdom of God, but he'd have the power of God to help him do what God has called him to do and need to be connected in. And, and that's what Jesus is talking about. Again, John 15, 5, like God loves you. Stay rooted in him. Allow his love to wash over you. Let him give you the direction that you need and he'll fill us up with power to do it. So look at verse 7 of Exodus 33 with me. And it says, verse 7, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away calling it the tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Now, did you notice that? Moses intentionally creates a meeting place with God, which he has to take time and energy. It's going to cost money. He's got to spend some money on it. He goes out of his way to allow God to get in the way. Like, like he, he, he recognizes, like, if I remain in the hustle and the bustle of all the tents of the people in Israel, there are so many distractions. There are so many disruptions. Like, someone's mobile phone is going to go off any moment. Someone's going to text me a message. Something's going to come in. And in order to make sure that I am not distracted, I'm going to go out of my way to be with God. I'm going to go out of my way. When's the last time we went out of our way? To be with God. In verse 7, it says this phrase, inquiring of the Lord. It's the Hebrew word, barkash. Everyone say barkash. Barkash, barkash. I probably said that wrong, but let's just pretend it was right. <laughs> and, it, and it means two things. It literally means to seek the face. It's a picture of great intimacy. We all, we all understand this, don't we? We understand there is a big difference with being in the room versus being on the zoom and we praise God for those of you on zoom who can't be with us we love you God heal you amen amen Amen. Amen. but we know there's a difference like when Amy and I were courting I don't know what else to call it babe when we were going out and, and she was in Scotland and, and I was in Wales and we would have Zoom chats or WhatsApp chats or, and, and, we were, and it, it was great. It was great to do that, but it was not as good as meeting face to face to have that sense of closeness and intimacy, to be able to not just read the eyes, but the whole of our body language connecting. And, and, and when Moses is doing that, that is what he's seeking with God. It means to seek the face. But then, I love this, it means to seek in order to find. To seek in order to find. that This is not, I'm just meeting with God because that's what we're supposed to do. I'm meeting with God because I expect to find God, to hear from God, to be changed by God, to be empowered by God. I expect to find some answers to what I'm grappling with. If if you were part of Church at Home last week, we began this uh, series with some teaching from Pete Gregg, uh, looking at this ancient practice of uh, Lectio Divina. And he interviewed this nun who for decades and decades has has spent time with God. And I don't know about you, if you watched it and if you missed it, like Reconnect, she says to him, she says, every time I come to meet with God, to get away with, be with God, it is an encounter with Jesus guaranteed. Guaranteed. Like, dare we believe for an encounter with Jesus? Guaranteed. Well, this is what happens. Moses goes into his tent. Look at verse 9 and verse 11. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of the cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while Moses spoke, where the Lord spoke with Moses. And then listen to this verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. I don't even know what that means. I mean, just like, you know, sometimes we read Scripture, don't we? Just go, I oh, hope we speak to face-to-face as one How? What, how does that even work? What, is, what does that even mean? I can't even get my head around it. But what is undeniable, it's about intimacy. It's about closeness. It's about conversation and deep connection. And do you know that these words that were true for Moses, God longs for that to be true for you. Yeah. That you, in your Embracing inconvenience would have times with God where you felt like you were almost face to face with Him, such as the level of intimacy. Now, the problem is, most of you listening were saying, I could never do that. Like, come on, Moses is a spiritual giant. It's Moses, for goodness sake. Like, he's a spiritual giant, one of the central characters in the story. Most of us, I would suggest in the room, don't think that this is possible for us. But could it be that because we believe it isn't possible, we don't behave in a way that opens up the possibility? could it be that we just don't that's nice for Moses but it will be never true for me we'll never experience that level of divine intimacy but I want to suggest you that as we're reading this story Moses around 80 85 years old at the time and he has spent a lifetime growing the habit day by day starting small building up understanding what it means to embrace the glorious inconvenience of getting away with God and it's just become of the way that he lives his life. He didn't start here. Many of you will have heard this story that I've told before about, about 20 or so years ago. I was on an uh, urban saint staff retreat. And before breakfast, we used to have the dreaded 7.30 in the morning Bible study. Like everyone tied up, uh, turned up you know, prayerful but really sleepy. Yeah, tired out really. And, uh, and I remember this lady, Annie Nash. She, she, she led this song, classic Noel Richards song to be in your presence, to sit at your feet, where your love surrounds me and makes me complete. This is my desire. Oh God, this is my desire. How many know that song? Familiar with that song? Okay. We're not singing it. It's about Noel Robinson today. <laughs> I'm teasing. So anyway, we sang this song and then there was a moment of silence and something happened to me in that moment that has never happened before or since. And I can can only describe it that I was caught up in a vision, in a daydream and I saw myself and I saw God and God was on his throne. Now, again, if you, if you said, well, what did he look like? I couldn't tell you what he looked like, but I was just aware I was in his presence and he was on his throne and I saw myself doing this. Imagine the throne of God is there. I will try not to fall off the stage. And I was doing this. Hey, God, how you doing? 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 Except I was running a lot more, but this would involve me falling off the stage, which you don't want. And when I first looked at this, this busyness, but this checking in, I was just like, this is good. I was like, this is good. Like, I'm busy. I'm active. And, and yet I am checking in. It's not that I'm disconnecting. And then the most profound thing happened. I, I, I heard the father say, Matt, stop. Come here. Kneel at my feet. Put your head on my lap. Let me stroke your hair and whisper how much i love you this profound picture of intimacy and i'd love to tell you that in that moment 20 years ago that that was it i was like okay i'm going to embrace the glorious inconvenience of getting away i understand that god values intimacy more than activity that he loves just to be with me but it's hard. I've had to train myself to embrace that. Because in this place, what I've discovered of getting away to be with God, in this place, two wonderful things happen. That we, uh, that place, it deepens our identity. Because in that place of being with God, we, we allow God by His Spirit to just bathe us in His love and remind us that we're loved. It deepens identity and then it directs activity. It shows us. So many of us, we get get so head up. We don't know what to do. We're facing situations. We don't know what to do. And, And God is saying to us, if you would just get away to be with me and let my love calm your fears and your anxieties and worries and let me whisper divine direction into your life because he longs for that. Moses created a place. What might that place look like for you? What might that place look like for you? What what will it cost you? What will be the inconvenience for you to get away to be with God? What will you go without in order to go with God? Again, this none of this comes easy. Just like Moses, we're all, the busyness, the distractions, all the things that are going on in our lives, it's hard for all of us. And, and as I said, I guarantee you, it was hard for Moses. If you look at the story of Moses, he, was a, he makes loads of mistakes. He gets loads of things wrong. He is not a, a perfect saint by any stretch of the imagination. And it was because he was so broken. And it was because he was so insecure that he knew, if I don't get away with God, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I want to ask us, as I start to draw this to a close, what are the habits and the practices and the rhythms that build a greater dependence on God? Where we can say, God, it's not that I need more of you. I know you need more of me. You need more of me. So I want to be super, super practical. You ready for practical? I would encourage you to embrace. Yeah, do come, uh, Noel. Just hear some things to help you. Daily, weekly, monthly practices that are really inconvenient, but create the opportunity for you to experience the glory of God, the glory of his love, the glory of his wisdom, and the glory of his power. Different things that we could do. Start, start somewhere. You might think I don't even, I don't even know what to do. Like over the years, when I've, I've kind of trained myself into this. Like uh, many of us are in huddles, which is great. All of us just try and find maybe two or three friends. I know there's some people here who just they huddle with one other person. I'm in a huddle with three guys, and every single morning, I'm not saying I'm, I'm going to suggest these things. I'm not saying you have to do what I do, but I just hope they'll inspire you to do something every morning. Amy will tell you, first thing I do, open my Bible before I go anywhere and I read what me and Phil and John are reading. I read it for myself, I ask the Holy Spirit to give me a suggestion and then we all WhatsApp each other, our thoughts and our prayers. We do that pretty much every day and we've done that for the last four or five years. That accountability with them helps me read the scripture and have a think about what the Holy Spirit is saying. There are loads of different ways that we can pray. We can take time to pray in tongues. We can can pray the prayer of surrender. Sometimes I feel about the prayer of of the F's. God, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. God, fill me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, free me. Set me free from the things that are holding me back. We can pray for the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. We can pray for the day ahead. Um, This morning, you know, at quarter to eight, I was walking the dog around the park, and I always use that as an opportunity to pray. From my house to the park, I pray in tongues, and then from one stretch, I just pray, God, you're amazing, you're awesome, you're good, you're faithful. And I pray the stuff out loud, because I know, actually, I need to hear it. I need to hear it. We can pray for salvation for loved ones. We can pray for healing for people, miracles for people. We can pray the scripture over ourselves. There are so many different ways that we can pray. We, we can pray in stillness and silence. That's one of the things I'm trying to grow in, just learning to be still. I find it hard. Has anyone got spiritual ADHD? I find it hard to be still. I'm, I'm learning. And so what, what I'm doing with stillness and you may be way ahead of me. It's like, okay, I'm going to set a timer for two minutes. And I'm just trying, to, just trying to be still for two minutes. Still with God. And once that becomes normal for me, I can stretch it a bit and grow it a bit. Starting somewhere. There are daily things we can do to pray and get into scripture. There are weekly things to do. My alarm goes off at 10 to 9 on a Monday evening. Why? Because we have nighttime prayers. 15 minutes, 15 minutes on a Monday. It's an inconvenience. I I don't, you know, there's a part of me that thinks I like there are other things I want to do. I'm starting to get ready for bed, but I want to embrace the glorious inconvenience because it's a moment of getting away with God. That's what it's about. A moment to get away with God. Uh, This is a moment to get away with God. You have chosen. You could be at the gym, you could be at home, you could be going for a dog walk, you could have your friends over, you could do all of those things, but you've made An inconvenient choice today, it's a good choice, to draw close to the glory of God. That's why we should prioritise these times. Church at home, it's an inconvenient opportunity to grow our huddles. And then next, that's daily, weekly, and then finally next Sunday evening. There's no meeting next Sunday morning. Lots of church at homes aren't meeting, it's the bank holiday weekend. But next Sunday evening, we have our encounter night. We start at seven. It's an opportunity. It's inconvenient. It gets in the way. But it's an opportunity for us to come together and engage with the glorious presence of God. But I was so encouraged last time. The Williams family came for the very first time. They've got two kids who are children. And they came and we met together with families and children and kids just to be with God, even for half an hour. Now, now if you're hearing me and you think, oh, Matt, this this whole message is about you just trying to get more bums on seats. It's not. I need to be more dependent on God. I need God to have more of me. And what those daily and weekly and monthly practices, which get in the way of my own plans and priorities, they enable me. To come under the love and wisdom and power of God. I get away to allow God to get in the way of what he wants to do in my life. And maybe the bare minimum you could do. Maybe a starting point for all of us. We put on your seats today our Zio prayer. Our Zio prayer. And I want to invite you to go on a 30-day spiritual practice with me with this Zio prayer. You can write your own little prayer, maybe something in the next 30 days that you want to be praying about and see God move in. But here's what I'm inviting you to do, to be inconvenienced, to open yourself up to more of the glory of God. Here's the invitation at the start of every day in your bed, the first thing you do, get on your knees and slowly and thoughtfully pray this prayer. Pray it inviting the Holy Spirit to be outworking you right at the start of the day. Maybe you'll pray it in other times of the day, praying at the end of the day, but right at like, if for some of us, if that's our first stretch, to say, God, I, I just surrender, I get on my knees because I need to get away with you so that you have more of me so that I can be fruitful In every season. How dependent on God are you today? There is more. And so now we have 16 or so minutes with Noel leading us to push in for more. Are you ready to do that? 16 minutes. Now you can sing if you want. But don't just sing. Let's worship him. Let's let's trust at this moment through singing, through maybe some ministry in a moment, that we will experience a deeper reality of the love of God. That we will feel some divine direction. If you're here today and you're grappling with things, that I just pray, even in these moments of worship, that the Holy Spirit will speak to you and just show you a next step, and that you will be filled with power from Him to do it. Amen. Should we stand together? Stand. And so we just welcome you, Lord. We, we want to make good use of this time. We want to forget who's on our left and who's on our right. We want to make good use of this time, Lord. This is another moment to get away with you. Help us to draw close, we pray. Thank you, Lord.